What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Live from the Top podcast. Hopefully, you guys all enjoyed episode one. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, episode two is a little bit later than I expected with the release, but um, a couple kinks that I'm still working through with my first ever podcast. But hopefully, two episodes will be out by the end of this week, including this one, which will be a solo one. Nobody else is on the other side of the mic this time. But hopefully, for the next one, we will have a guest. Um, going to remain, keep that guest nameless for now. You know, we'll do a little bit of a surprise. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. This one is a little bit more um, laid back and I don't know, I, I have a couple of cool topics that I'm going to run through. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, and yeah, hopefully that other podcast is out. Hopefully we can get you two in one week since we didn't have one last week due to some issues. I actually recorded one with a guest and it was super funny and i super excited to put it out, and then the audio was really weird, so that that issue won't happen again, because I got the the program that I was working with, I got that resolved, so everything's going to be good going forward, and we're all set, so looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah, for episode two, you know, this is recording this on a Monday night, so obviously some things went down on the weekend that I thought were, were pretty cool, interesting, funny, whatever, so I'm going to talk about that. Three like cool little headlines, um, a little bit about you know NFL, college football. Those seasons are getting pretty close, even though it might not seem like it for us that are playing MLB DFS every day. You know, football is might seem so far away, but it's really not that far. So we're gonna talk a little bit about upcoming these upcoming football seasons, and then a couple other cool little uh, little topics that I have. So we're just gonna start off with the upcoming football seasons. You know. Um, Preseason football for the NFL isn't too far away. It's less than two weeks. So we pretty much almost made it, you know. The summer is winding down at this point. So for all the kids that are going back to school, I'm sorry, but, you know, your your time in the sun's almost over with. So about that time of year again, um, fall's coming around, college football season starting, NFL season starting. I'm super excited for this year for college and NFL. I'm a big Michigan football fan, so hopefully – um, we have a good year here. Been a, been a struggle the last years with high expectations and, you know, not meeting those expectations. So, you know, every team has those, every fan has those, unless you're obviously winning the championship because Michigan's, you know, expectations are to win a championship. So obviously that's going to be something that I'm going to be rooting for this year. Um, Lions fan for the most part, but, you know, not much to root for there, so I kind of just keep my allegiances with my fantasy players, so those guys who are putting up points for my teams on the weekends, those are the guys that I root for in the NFL. Um, I am a Lions fan, so like if I would like to see them win games and do well, but not nearly as much of a diehard as I am with the Michigan Wolverines. But yeah, going to talk a little bit about season-long fantasy. You know, it's about that time of the year where Drafts are coming up. I've done one draft so far this year. It was my first ever NFBC draft. And, you know, I thought it went pretty well. I wasn't really, I honestly wasn't really too prepared. It was over a week ago. I wasn't, I was just now getting all my draft stuff going. And I was like, okay, since I've done all this, all this research, it wasn't really that much. I was like, I'll just hop in a draft. So I did one. Um, I got like the three 
part package thing. So if you guys are interested in doing that, you should do that and sign up for the drafts um, in September where I will be trying to make my way into a few different leagues in that time period. Uh, I got a couple home leagues that I do with some friends from home. I got an old work league that I've, I worked at a pizza place in high school. I saw a league going on for that, which is a pretty, pretty weak league. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then a couple of leagues with friends and family and stuff like that. So, you know, it's one of my favorite times of year, even if it's like not a super competitive league money wise, it's like my number one league that I put the most effort into is my, my friends league that I talked about in the last podcast. It's like a $50 buy-in and I put the most effort into that just because there's so many bragging rights on the line. Um, but yeah, the reason I wanted to talk a little bit about season long fantasy football is because. I'm putting together a cool little tool slash kit guide with rankings, you know, some positional tiers and everything like that, where I'm hoping to be able to get that out to you guys for, you know, cool little thing that you guys can use during your drafts. So make sure you stay tuned to the Twitter accounts, to, you know, future podcasts to see potential giveaways for that or, you know, just announcements on that. Speaking of giveaways, the Home Run Derby giveaway, that was pretty cool. Um, about two weeks ago, that was. First round, Pete Alonzo home runs total. That was kind of the bet. You know, you, you put a put a number down and three winners, one fifty dollar PayPal. So that was pretty cool. I think like six or seven people guessed it right on the nose. So we had to do a little bit of a random giveaway. And then Pete Alonzo went out and won the whole thing. So another lucky winner got a hundred dollars PayPal. So that was a lot of fun to kind of all of us to root on Pete Alonzo for, for the win. He was kind of my, my pick from the from the beginning. So it was cool to see him bring it home. Even though he might not have necessarily put on the the greatest show there. You know, Jack Peterson and Vlad had a very nice showdown. But, you know, Pete Alonso brought it home. I think he's the be- he was the best power hitter in that derby. So I think I think I think the right person won. So stay tuned for future giveaways. We're gonna do a few different things. Um I'm gonna keep some of them under wraps, keep it a little bit of a surprise. But one is revolving a possible NFL draft strategy ranking type thing. And another one is a potential league. So stay tuned for that where we might be doing a league where maybe a 10-team or a 12-team league where we can all do a little bit of trash talking, shout out at a prize. So that would be a lot of cool. So stay tuned for that. Those are two things that are in the works. Definitely a plan. So make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, following both Twitter accounts, my Twitter account, and also the podcast twitter account so you can stay up to date with that so that's what i have to say about giveaways you know giveaways are pretty fun to do i think everyone should enjoy giveaways you know people get free stuff because they do fun little contests it's a good time for everybody so back to football yeah so about this time everyone's getting ready for their season-long drafts and you know preseason's really sneaking up on people so it's a good time to talk a little bit about nfl dfs one big thing for DFS is, you know, you want to set goals for yourself. So goal number one for me is to not play preseason NFL because I play it all the time and I just suck at it. I don't pay enough attention to the trends. I know I know if you really do put the work in, you know, you can do pretty well. But I just don't. I've used preseason games more so for, for season-long purposes. I get a feel for who's going to get what kind of work and stuff like that. And that comes in handy when week one comes around. But, you know, I just suck when I 
play preseason. I just am horrible. So that's that's my pretty much my main goal. And so this is a pretty exciting time for football and DFS in general because baseball is kind of in the heart of the season right now. We got the live finals coming up next month. Super excited about those. Chicago and then San Diego back-to-back weekends. That'll be a lot of fun. But after that, football season really sneaks up quickly. You know, when the when the live finals are going down, that's pretty much the heart of draft season right there for season-long leagues. So a lot of work to be done for the season-long. Hopefully the NFL guide slash rankings, which I put a lot of work into those. So hopefully those will help with drafts. And, you know, it's not going to be anything too complex or anything. Probably it will just be in a Google Sheet for people who subscribe or follow to take a look at and use to make decisions in drafts. So I, I think it's really cool. I'm personally, myself, I'm going to use it when I'm drafting. So hopefully that can be a pretty effective tool for people. So stay tuned for that announcement. Hopefully that will be here by the end of the month because, you know, you want to be able to have that in your hands for draft season. So stay tuned for that and other giveaways. But yeah, moving on to the next topic. I want to talk about some of my favorite Twitter accounts that I like to follow just for pretty much entertainment purposes. And then also how to use Twitter to your advantage in DFS. So there are, let's see here, three to four accounts that I really enjoy like just from an entertainment standpoint. And, you know, they're not like super important. Like I'm not saying go follow these guys. It's crucial to your daily life. But I think they're hilarious. So I'm just going to run through those real quick. And then I'm going to talk about how I use Twitter to my advantage in DFS every day, every night, whatever. So, yeah, first account that I want to talk about, though, is it's called at someone's an idiot. They post the funniest stuff ever. It's pretty much, it's mostly videos. The videos are the ones that I think are funny. So they'll post videos of someone saying a st- stupid shit or doing something dumb or Someone's looking like a like a clown, and I just think it's pretty funny. Um, so that is definitely one of the premier Twitter accounts to follow. Um, they're not as popular as like, you know, Barstool or Freezing Cold Takes or anything, but like it shows people wiping out on tarps, you know, Instagram models falling into bushes while taking selfies and stuff. But the other day. They did this thing called the Other SB Awards. They did this, obviously, during the SBs. I thought some of this stuff was the funniest shit ever. So their hashtag was hashtag Other SB Awards, so you can look that up if you want to see these. Uh, first one is Worst Analysis of the Year, and obviously that was Stephen A. Smith when he was talking about the Chargers and the Chiefs and how Hunter Henry was going to have a big game and how Spencer Ware was going to have a big game. I think Spencer Ware was injured, and it was just hilarious. There were a couple funny ones talking about, you know, one was first take and they're hyping up Lonzo Ball and he air balls. But there was two that were really hilarious. And you might have to go look at these for them to be funny because obviously you're just hearing me talk about them. They might not be as funny. But hashtag other SB awards, check bag of the year. And it is a like a a, a massive like dildo going around like the baggage carousel thing. And it's just hilarious. It, like, whoever did that, obviously no one, obviously a guy who was working at the airport didn't throw it into the the thing like they normally do with a bag. Someone put it on there while they were waiting for a bag or whatever, or where you stand at, like, the baggage claim. And it was just going around in circles. 
and it's just it's just hilarious. So you got to go check that out. That's pretty funny. And then another one was the real champs of the year, and this was given to Auburn because a Georgia news outlet tweeted that Auburn was the winner of the sex tournament. <laughs> they meant to they meant to put SEC tournament, I assume, but they put sex tournament. So congrats Auburn on all the sex. So that that's a really funny account. And, you know, there are a few other funny accounts out there. Um, Rex Chapman, he's another one that just is just started to really get popular. But if you type in Rex Chapman, you'll see block or charge come up. And it's just people just getting ran over by horses and trains. Not actually a train, but I think that there actually was a train, like a car got hit by a train. And he says block or charge, like saying, whose fault is it, blah, blah, blah. It's like a meme. And some of them are like really like, ugh like brutal but for the most part they're pretty funny some of them i have to like look away from just because of the uh i guess the gruesomeness sometimes i mean they're not anything crazy but they're all hilarious like i'll pull one up right now it says blocker charge i'm just gonna look at it and i don't think i've seen this one before so it's a guy skateboarding he does a grow oh yep he's gonna hit by yep he got hit by a bus yep (laughs) He got hit by a bus. He's okay. He got up. But he was grinding down, like, some stairs on a skateboard. And then he got hit by a bus. So, like, that actually happens. Like, when I say get hit by a train, I wasn't kidding. Hopefully, these people are alive. Because this isn't the first time I saw someone get hit by a moving form of transportation. So, man. If that's not funny to you guys, I'm sorry for the the dark humor. But I think it's, some of them are pretty funny. Um, another one is this Barry McCockner guy. So I'm assuming those of you who follow sports pretty pretty frequently have seen this account. You know, he is really... I first found him by the Tom Brady impersonation things where he's saying, oh, yeah, I'm Gronk made that catch because I'm Tom Brady and I told him to make that catch. But that's... Those people love... I don't really think those ones are too funny. The ones where he changes his picture to the Woj profile picture and then tweets some ridiculous shit... Those are hilarious because people fall for them. I could not believe it when Skip Bayless went on national television. I guess live television. I don't know if it's national television. But he went on live television and quoted a tweet from this guy that said, Chris Paul left practice in tears because James Harden said he had man boobs. Like what? I mean, yeah, that tweet's hilarious, but... Skip Bayless believed it, ran with it, and said that on live TV. Like, come on, man. That cannot, that's just insane to me that that happened. But, you know, those are just a couple funny accounts that I think are just absolutely hilarious. And then, obviously, you can use it for entertainment purposes, and then you can really use it to your, your benefit. So there are a couple ways that I try to use Twitter for my advantage in DFS. And the first one I want to talk about is notification accounts. So there are a couple accounts that do notifications. For example, they do lineup updates, they do injury news, they do trades, whatever. Obviously, for NBA, that's super important. For MLB, it's pretty important because, you know, obviously you know who's in the lineup, but those aren't like breaking news alerts for the most part. I mean, obviously that does happen at times, but for the most part, it's super important for NBA. And obviously... You should know this if you're listening to my podcast. I would assume you know this, but Fantasy Labs does it the best. They're by far the best at it, in my opinion. So be sure to follow them and turn on their notifications because that's just the best way to stay in tune with 
lineups and injuries and trades and everything like that. So that was the first thing. And then you can follow, like, home run notifications, just that way you can follow along that way. And there's a bunch of different notifications that Roto-Grinders does, so they'll do the strikeouts, steals, barrels, unlucky outs, all that stuff. You can all you can follow all those, and those are all super cool. But the one thing I really want to talk about is beat writers. So obviously beat writers are everywhere. Like, every team has literally 97 of them, and that might be a low number. But beat writers are super important. Finding good beat writers are important. Knowing when to trust the beat writer is important. And then what I like to do is I like to compile lists. And actually, when I say compile lists, I like to find lists that other people have made and subscribe to them. So, for example, you can go to someone's Twitter account. So say say you go to my Twitter account and you go to the top right corner where there's like the three little dots. You can see lists. So let's see here. I'm actually going to do this live right now. So view lists, and so you can't see that I have subscribed to any list, which is weird because I do definitely subscribe to lists, so I don't know why that's not showing up, but if you go over to member of, you can see if people have put me in lists, so I've been put into a few different lists, someone put me in a politics list, I don't know, I don't know why they did that, but most of it's just DFS stuff, so people put me in a DFS baseball, DFS MLB, DFS, DFS fantasy DFS folks so that's what some people do but what you can do instead of putting someone like me in there that doesn't really provide any kind of information I just kind of tweet out of my ass on Twitter but you can go and find a list so say you find a really reputable beat writer and you go to you do the same process go see if he's in any lists you can find lists with people that will give you information and, and news and updates and, you know, all sorts of things. And if you get a list together, one kind of... So, for example, I have a list. It's called MLB Beat Writers. Pretty easy to understand. It's MLB Beat Writers. So for that, you know, that's kind of where I go if I'm looking for, you know, who's going to be the opener for the Rays, who's going to follow the opener, blah, blah, blah. Is someone getting called up today? Stuff like that. And then also... You can use it for information. So, like, the other day, for example, I'm a Tigers fan. I live in Michigan. There's this thing going around in the news outlets here, on the radio, on on the telecasts, whatever, about Jordan Zimmerman because he pitched the other day. And basically how he hasn't been able to throw his slider, which is his best pitch pretty much, because of his arm slot. It just hasn't felt right since he returned from injury. So he's eliminated the slider completely. So he's basically really lacking. I mean, he already sucked before that, but he's even worse now because he didn't have his best pitch, limited to two or three pitches, whatever he's going to do, and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, if I can get that information because I live here, there's got to be other ways to get those kind of pieces of information because obviously that's very helpful to know. If you can figure out, obviously you can find that out other ways, but if you just hear it on the radio, double check it, make sure it's okay, and then there you go. You have a, a very useful piece of information that you can apply to research, blah, 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 or just something that you would like to know that if you didn't follow a beat writer account or, or a particular news outlet that you wouldn't have. And obviously, that's pretty good knowledge to have. And you can re- it really comes to handy with NFL beat writers, especially in season long 
when you're trying to figure out who's going to play, do you need to pick somebody up because this guy's not going to play, etc. So like I follow a NBA DFS news account where NBA accounts like some players, some beat writers, some media outlets, different things. I follow a fantasy football writers list, MLB sources. So that's one was these ones were actually made by Roto Grinders. So if you go to Roto Grinders, they'll probably give you those lists that you can subscribe to. So we'll go ahead and look at that real quick. I actually just realized that I wasn't really sure where I got those lists from because I've had them for a while. So yeah, if you go to Roto Grinders, you can see they're subscribed to MLB Sources, NBA DFS News, MLB Writers and Teams, etc. So you can use lists. Make You can even make them yourself if you want to and use them to your advantage to know, you know, small but useful and meaningful bits of information. So I think using Twitter to your advantage, even past injury news and lineup news and stuff like that, it's very important. And, you know, I don't think people necessarily use Twitter that way. I mean, I know some people do. Some people on DFS Twitter are, you know, there for fun, and that's totally cool. But I think that it's a really good space to use to your advantage. And I'm sure a lot of people already are doing this, but I think there's ways to, you know, improve it and add on a couple things to maybe what you're already doing on Twitter. And I think lists is something that's really cool. So, yeah, that's just what I want to talk about Twitter. And next I'm going to talk about three pretty – some of them are funny. Well, one I think is pretty funny. And then two that are just kind of interesting um, headlines from this past weekend. So, first one, we're going to start off with – Austin Cutting. You guys might not know who Austin Cutting is, but he is a long snapper for the Minnesota Vikings. He's a rookie long snapper, actually, to be exact. And he was just drafted in the seventh round. But he's not just your average long snapper. No, 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 no. He actually has a contract or a commitment with the Air Force for two years. So he graduated from the Air Force Academy and was drafted by the Vikings. But he has this two-year commitment agreement whatever you want to call it, that states he has to work for them for two years. So basically what he's going to be doing, he's going to be working as a, I don't know if it's full-time, it didn't really say in the article that I read, but obviously he's going to be a full-time long snapper. I would hope that if he was drafted at all, and he's going to be the starting long snapper. If he's the backup long snapper, and he signed a four-year $2.9 million deal, then good for that guy because he's doing pretty much nothing and making $3 million over four years, so good for him. But I'm assuming he's going to be the starting long snapper. Didn't look it up or anything like that. So he'll be doing that, as well as working in a recruiting role for the Air Force. So, man, this dude is going to be a busy, busy guy. So if you see someone mess up on a snap for the Vikings, you know, cut him some, cut him some slack because it's probably Austin cutting. And he's probably tired from working two jobs while being an NFL athlete. So just keep that in mind when whoever the kicker is, is it? Dan Bailey still? I don't even know who the kicker is. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. So if Dan Bailey or whoever it is, Kai Forbath, whatever, whoever it is this year, if he misses a field goal because of a botch snap, you know, take it easy on him because it's Austin cutting, snapping the ball, and he's probably had a really long week because he's working two jobs. And how many people are working two jobs and being in the NFL? I'm going to say only one, probably just Austin cutting, probably the only NFL athlete that's working two jobs, so keep that in mind. I mean, this is this is pretty badass, I'm not going to lie. Dude's working two jobs, 
as a professional NFL athlete, so good for him for, you know, honoring his commitment. I don't really know what would happen if you tried to ignore or break a commitment with the Air Force. Maybe they'll send a fighter jet after you or something like that. But, I mean, good for him. Congrats to him. But, you know, this actually reminded me of back in the day during World War II where you had all these big-name Major League Baseball players who were going overseas to fight in World War II. And, you know, Ted Williams, I believe he was like a fighter pilot, fighter jet. So maybe he was what Austin Cutting would have been if he didn't get a NFL job. Um, Bob Feller, Jackie Robinson, uh, Joe DiMaggio, you know, a lot of big name guys who went over there, opened up, you know, league of their own. That gave that a, uh, a pathway to be very well known. People with, you know, one arm, one hand, they were making the majors because Obviously, all the, not all of them, but able-bodied men who were drafted had to go overseas and fight. They didn't really have much of a choice. I mean, it's not like Austin Cutting was drafted or anything. You know, he's, it was a choice. He knew what he was kind of signing up for. So, like I said, good thing for, good thing, good for him for honoring this agreement and, you know, upholding this contract slash commitment. And, you know, good luck to him, man. Hopefully, hopefully the hours aren't too, too long over at the Air Force because, you know, I can't imagine he's going to be having a whole lot of free time these first two years of his NFL career. All right, next up, we talked about the home run derby. The home run derby comes around, and we see dudes just hitting balls 450 like it's nothing, and every, everything just hits the fan with the juice balls thing. Everybody and their mother was saying, oh, this is such a showcase for the juice balls and MLB, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Sure, the balls are flying, but guess what? That happens pretty much every year. At the home run derby, they just put the biggest, baddest dudes in the derby, and they just hit bombs. So that's going to happen, which is, you know, supposed to happen. So it's totally fine. But this past weekend, something happened. And if you believe if you believe in juice balls, if you believe that this is happening this year, then here's your exhibit B or C, maybe even exhibit A, if you're trying to form a case here. And Francisco Lindor... I believe it was on a two-strike count. Gets a curveball down at the shins, maybe even the ankles. I don't really know. Goes down to one knee, takes a one-handed swing, and, man, this ball's gone. I mean, it's not like it was a cheap, a cheapy either. It was gone by a pretty safe margin. You know, it's not like he was playing the fairway. He was, in, he was at home at Progressive. So, I mean, not the toughest thing, you know, right field at, at Progressive. It's not like he had to hit it over the left field wall there, so it wasn't the most difficult thing, but it's not like it was Fenway, where he has that cheap little corner that he could hit, you know, 75 feet, and it's gone. You know, he hit it, whatever the dimensions are, progressive, and it got out of there, and man, I swear, this should have been a pop-up to the first baseman. I, You know, I shouldn't even hit the dirt, honestly, the way he swung. Down on one knee, literally one hand extended, and it just went out. I was so I was literally flabbergasted. Yes, I just used that word. I was so surprised. Totally fine with it because I rostered him that day in DFS, so I'll take it any day of the week. But man, it was truly incredible how that ball got out. It was honestly mind blowing. But anyway, so I'm just saying, if you wanna be a believer in juice balls, go ahead and watch that clip, and you will probably have your proof because that ball should not have gone out, and it did. Uh, next thing we're going to talk about is the British Open. I believe it's the British Open. They call it the Open. 
you know, I'm not really a big golf guy. I like to watch it, like to play it, suck at DFS for the most part, and, you know, just really enjoy it. It's more of an entertainment thing for me. I don't really, I know, you know, the main guys, the main players, but don't really know too much about it, you know, from an in-depth standpoint. But I do know a few things. And one is that there are some guys here who played some pretty great golf. Shane Lowry, first place, played pretty much great golf all weekend. And that's not the, the headline I want to talk about. The headline I want to talk about, first of all, we'll talk about J.B. Holmes. So this guy was, he's an American, he's not Irish, so he, maybe that's why he lost. But he was pretty much playing neck and neck with Shane Lowry for the majority of the first three rounds. You know, five under the first round, three under the second round, two under the third round. So at this point, I believe he finished the third round tied for first, or I know, I know at some point he was tied for first. And so I'm guessing at the end of round three, he was, you know, top five or tied for first or whatever. And when I tell you shit hit the fan for this guy, man, oh, man, shit hit the fan. He was playing great golf. You know, he's probably got a shot to win a major here. He's, you know, really in it. And then, man, dude just forgot how to golf. I think someone else stood in for J.B. Holmes. Maybe B.J. Holmes was playing. Yeah, censor that for me. So J.B. Holmes comes in. He shoots 16 over par. 16 over par, ladies and gentlemen. Like, man, the dude had been playing exceptional golf and then comes in and does this. He bur- he bogeyed 11 out of 18 holes. 11 out of 18 holes. So there are a couple reasons why I wanted to bring J.B. Holmes up. I mean, I'm sorry, J.B. Holmes, if you're listening to this, but you you were really inspired a lot of people this weekend with this round four performance. You know, you have... The spotlight. You're playing in the the final group, the group with all the leaders. Playing with Shane Lowry, see who can playing with Brooks Kepka, seeing who can, you know, take home the claret jug. And what what do you do? You bogey eleven out of eighteen holes. And that was the best thing I've ever seen. Literally ever. Because this gave us and when my when I say us, I mean people who like to golf that wanna be good but aren't, this gave us hope. You know, this gave us you know, it gave us something to relate to. Finally, thank you, J.B. Holmes, for giving us something to relate to. You were someone who was literally competing for a major championship, and you went out and bogeyed 11 out of 18 holes, shot 16 over. Guys, like, this is what we, we can do this. We can literally do this. That's all I'm going to say. And guess what? If you want even more inspiration, if you want more to relate to, let's go down and look at another American, David Duvall. You want to know what he did? I'm just going to give you a little hint. He, did, he, did, he wasn't golfing on Saturday and Sunday. He was not there. Because round one, this guy shot 20 over par. 20. Steps in, birdies hole number one, birdies hole number two, pars holes three and four. And then he goes in quadruple bogeys, hole five. He bogeys hole six, which isn't horrible. You know, a bogey never hurt anybody. But then hole seven, man, this guy just fell apart. It was a par five, and he took a 14. So nine over par on hole seven. Like I said, ended up shooting 20 over, exactly 20. I'm not, you know, exaggerating or anything like that. He shot 20 over. He bogeyed nine holes. So he bogeyed nine out of 18, half of his holes. We can do that, guys. 
we can bogey only half our holes. We can that is possible. So, but you know what David Duvall does? The hard work in American, he comes up and fouls it with a plus seven round. So he shot, he played two rounds of golf and shot twenty seven over. Like if that isn't giving you hope, I don't know what is as a as a wannabe golfer. I just I love to see this. This is exactly what I love to see. People who are professional golfers, and they and they they just sucked. You know, I know it's kind of maybe mean to say, but they'll have another shot. This has given me hope. You know, maybe I can be there one day. Maybe 10 years down the road, I'll be playing for the Claire Jug. You never know. And the thing is here, you know, you see guys who are 70 years old. I mean, not actually, but they look 70 years old. Remember Tom Watson a few years ago? Please tell me that dude wasn't 84. He definitely was. Darren Clark, I think that's his name. He looked old. Sure, he had killer hair, but definitely old. So all you have to do is be better than David Duvall, a plus 27 over two rounds. We can do that. We can achieve that. We can put a few hours in at the range and achieve that and then not be 74 years old. So all you have to do is be able to shoot, you know, 26 over par by the time we're 74. Guys, we got this. We'll be at the tour one day. Don't you worry. You'll see us live from the top at the British Open in 2034. That's my prediction. There you go. One more thing to wrap up the Open highlights, the Open talk, is Brooks Kepka. He was actually playing with J.B. Holmes in the final round. And, man, let's, let's be honest here. Brooks Kepka is golf's little angel, especially if you're an American. You know, if you're European – you're probably rooting for like John Rahm or Rory McIlroy or something like that or Tommy Fleetwood. But if you're American, it's either Tiger or Brooks because right now DJ isn't really – We're as Americans, we're not really claiming him right now. He's We're going to say he's like Canadian or something. He's got a Canadian wife, so that counts, right? Anyway, Brooks Kepka is the best thing that's ever happened to us if you're an American fan of golf. Because, you know, Tiger's on his way out. Brooks is our savior. He's the next coming of Tiger. He is what we need. He can do no wrong, according to the media, according to the fans, according to pretty much every person in the world. He can do no wrong. But you know what he did on Sunday at the Open? He did wrong. He did a lot of wrong. He shot three over. That's pretty bad for Brooks Kepka. You know, he's still tied for fourth. He didn't blow up like J.B. Holmes. But let's be honest, guys. If Brooks Kepka's doing something wrong, he's it can't be his fault. So what happens? JB Holmes gets blamed for Brooks Kepka doing poorly. You know, it's just it's perfect. You know, JB Holmes, another American golfer. So don't get me wrong, we're rooting for you, buddy. But if you're if you're bringing down Brooks Kepka under the bus you go, and that's it, you know. So Brooks Kepka basically Went out and said, oh, J.B. Holmes, he wasn't preparing for any shots until he was actually up. He was taking so long. And, I mean, of course he's taking long. The dude shot 17 over or whatever it was, 16 over. You're going to take a while doing that. So your day is going to be going pretty slow. So don't get me wrong. I feel you there, Brooks. Basically, Brooks was playing around the golf with me on a good day, shooting 16 over. So I, I feel you. It's not a, It's not a quick day. You're spending a lot of time on the course. But Brooks Kepka went out and he bogeyed the first four holes, bounces back with an eagle, puts himself back in it. Then he went on to pretty much par every hole except for one. He birdied it. 
Actually, every hole but three, he birdied one part and bogeyed two. So, you know, he comes out. He is really digging into J.B. Holmes, saying, hey, not, I mean, it's not just J.B. Holmes, but he's never ready for a shot. He's never, he's never picking up the pace. He's always holding everyone back. And he pretty much says, oh, but everyone, it's not just him. He said that he said that the other tournament too, when he was like, "Oh yeah, some of these guys are saying, making excuses. Oh, like the green's too fast, or the green's too hard, or," and he goes, "And everyone's making those excuses." Blah blah blah. Don't get me wrong, I really like Brooks. He's a great golfer, and I think he's a beast, and he's pretty entertaining. But man, that dude can do no wrong. Let me tell you. So yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for our headlines. If you're a Brooks Kepka fan, sorry I had to. Dig into him a little bit there just to, you know, reality check. So hopefully Brooks is listening to this. Actually, I hope not because he'll definitely kick my ass. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to episode two. I had a lot of fun with this one. Hopefully you guys like the format, breaking down some sports headlines, some that I thought were funny, interesting, cool, whatever. Um, make sure you use those tricks for Twitter if you're not already because they're super helpful when it comes to DFS, especially when NBA comes around. It's pretty much a necessity for NBA. Um, Stay tuned for the, the giveaways. Thank you for, for participating in the Home Run Derby giveaway if you did that. And stay tuned for giveaways in the future. Got some fantasy football stuff coming up that is going to be super cool and super fun. So make sure you follow both Twitter accounts, at KMerDFS and at FromTheTopPod. And subscribe on iTunes. Like it on Spotify. And like it on SoundCloud. If you guys could, I'd really appreciate that. So thank you for tuning in Episode 2. Stay tuned for episode three with our special guest who will remain without a name. The faceless, the nameless. Thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, I'll see you at the top.